You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. The great surfer Kelly Slater, who was also at the Academy Awards, handing out an Oscar with Sean White, Tony Hawk. He'll join us coming up a little bit. Also, uh, Nick Wright from First Things First a little bit later on. We'll talk about the struggles with the Lakers. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. The poll question from the first hour, Seton, and is it a carryover to the second hour? Well, the first hour, Dan, we went with which overtime rules do you like the best? Right now, running away with it, 60% of the vote uh, is what the Colts and Eagles have both proposed, where both teams touch the ball once. Okay. Not even close. Okay. And that's what I've proposed, that, okay, you have this uh, showdown between the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, and Josh Allen doesn't get the ball in overtime. Therefore, that's when you have a rule change, because that's when the fans respond. It takes a moment like that for a lot of rule changes in all the sports. But I think if I make sure that both quarterbacks are going to get the ball, and then after that, whatever happens, if it's a field goal, then it becomes sudden death. If both teams score touchdowns or both teams score field goals, the next score wins. Therefore, your quarterback didn't get cheated, and neither did my quarterback. And this comes down to the Josh Allen rule. We wanted to see Josh Allen respond to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Paul. And to be cautious in this culture, we're going to call it sudden end of life, not sudden death. Okay. We don't bother people right. too much. Well done. Sudden end of life. Free agent quarterback Cam Newton drawing interest, but he is remaining patient, according to Adam Schefter. I have teams that are interested in signing me, Newton text. Um, I'm waiting on the best fit as it pertains to winning a championship and getting a fair chance to play. That might be something where Cam is initiating this, where maybe you send something to Shefty and say, hey, by the way, I'm drawing interest and I'm going to be patient. I want to see what, what team, what opportunity is there for me to actually play and be part of a championship caliber team. But Cam Newton, like we forget about Cam. Like that drop off, that was pretty staggering. You know, he did run the football well with the Patriots, but having shoulder surgery and trying to come back from that with a guy who wasn't a great passer, accurate passer to begin with. And, you know, could you just use him in goal line situations where you bring him in as just that big weapon there? But I wonder if he's going to get a chance to compete for a starting job. Yeah, Paul. Let's say Cam Newton doesn't play in the NFL again and his uh, Hall of Fame clock starts ticking. Mm. We have to stay on air four more years, Dan, to do that segment. Because that's going to be a saucy one. If Let's say all his work is in the can already. That's a toughie. I'm looking at his stats and numbers and awards. Yeah, he, he won an MVP, went to a Super Bowl. I just don't know if he's going to have the longevity. He's got six great years, very good years, a lot of rushing touchdowns. I, I, don't, think he's a, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I think if he got to 100 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, then I think it would be hard, you'd be hard-pressed to keep him out. He didn't get the Super Bowl ring. He got blown out against Denver, but he was rookie of the year. Had one of the great rookie seasons in NFL history for a quarterback and was the MVP. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's in the Hall of Very Good. 
Yeah, John. If he was to make the hall, could they put one of those cool hats on top of his bust? That would be like awesome. Ooh, I like that. I like that. A purple one with what? like a pink or a blue feather. Didn't he wear the scarf as well? Yeah. Didn't he have like a Thelma and Louise? Uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't they have the scarf on when they were driving in the convertible before they went over the cliff? <laughs> no Thelma and Louise too. That was a bad decision. That franchise went south fast. Well, it's hard to go, hey, we're going to have Thelma and Louise 2 yeah. because they're at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. But if you have a do-over, that first one made a lot of money. Yeah, should have kept the op- options yeah. open. And that's when we were introduced to Brad Pitt. I think that might have been his first major movie role. And uh, he was there and he ripped off uh, Louise in the hotel room. Yeah, see. Did you know that Brad Pitt turned down the role of Jason Bourne? That then Matt Damon's career like went through the roof with that. Mm. I mean, he was already doing well, but. You know, that's one of those movies, and I didn't know that about uh, Brad Pitt. That's one of those movies, I don't care where it is when you tune in, you're okay. You continue to watch mm. it. Yep. Jason Bourne, it, it's a great character. When Jeremy Renner came in, I was like, nope, not buying that one. Nope, there's only one Jason Bourne. Yes, Pauline. Brad Pitt, I think, is too good looking to play Jason Bourne. You but don't you think Jason Bourne, that he, his head looked like a bullet? Like he, he almost looked like a weapon. Matt Damon looked like a, a bullet. And uh, I don't know, for some reason, I, I had a lot of time on my hands on Saturday. I was flipping through and I found a Bourne, Bourne identity or something. Yes, he. I think you're right, though, that uh, Brad Pitt probably is too good looking because Jason Bourne, Matt Damon is so average looking. You know, not that he's like not a handsome guy or whatever, but he's not like, you know, Brad Pitt is like a showstopper kind of guy. Jason Bourne was just a little more average looking. Yeah, that he doesn't disarm you with his looks. Right, right. He could just be an average dude walking down the street. Yeah, because Brad Pitt couldn't be, you know, a spy. He couldn't be working for the CIA. Like he's too good looking. He would stand out. Whereas... You know, Jason Bourne would be just walking around and you go, have you seen him? No. What's he look like? I don't know. Average height, average build, average hair. Yeah, he looks just average. Meanwhile, if you see Brad Pitt, yeah, he's the best looking guy in the country. Have you seen him? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I saw him. Saw him at the train station. He had a woman with him. Yeah, the smoldering sort of looks like a male model. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I saw him. He just went by. Yeah, Paul. He's being chased by those CIA guys, and he actually disarms him with his looks. He just turns around and goes to the (laughs) stare. And they're like, I'm just going to drop my Glock. (laughs) They drop their weapon. (laughs) All right, so uh, (laughs) sorry that we took a side turn there. Uh, So what's the poll question for hour two? (laughs) We might change it up to life I'd want, Kelly Slater or the field. (laughs) Okay. Okay, but I would take Tom Brady's career over Kelly Slater. Yeah, like Tom Brady's annual salary on an average year is probably Kelly Slater's like net worth or something. You know what I mean? The the money thing with Tom Brady is is big. All yeah. Kelly Slater has to buy is like board <laughs> shorts and fish tacos, and, and that's it. And some what bubble gum? Yes. whatever that. Sex wax. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sex wax. Mr. Zogs. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that if you put that on your board, that you could surf. I'm like, yeah, tried it one time, didn't matter. Couldn't stay on the board. So then you just hold on, dear life. You know, that's it. That's like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm kind of surfing here, but I'm not. I'm just floating in the ocean. All right, we'll get to phone calls coming up. Uh, Ed in Florida joins us. Good morning, Ed. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan, I was just thinking about the Kelly Slater uh, question. I was thinking about pro chess players. Like, everybody knows Gary Kasparov, but nobody's ever really probably seen him play. That's I was just thinking what he's on that is. That, you know, uh, that's Bobby Fischer. But we did get to see a lot of Bobby Fischer. 
Back then, they were very, very famous. Who was the guy now who was the best chess player in the world? I think he's from, like, Denmark or Sweden. Yeah, Seton. You know who's probably, he's not really quite the same, but I bet a lot of people know that Kevin Van Dam is a pro fisherman, but they've never seen him fish. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Paul. Magnus Carlsen? Yes, is he like... He's a current world chess champion. Yeah. He looks like a relatively young guy. I think he's won like 10 in a row or something crazy. He's only 31 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, Tom. Would that make him a porn star? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice. All right. It's all right. No, no, I'm a bloop, bloop, bloop. I'm gonna give you, <laughs> I'll take three. I'll take three. I'm going to give you... You know what I'm going to give you? Uh, a chicken tender that's really? out there. Yeah, wow. I, I just pulled him out of the oven. I will wait for the break and I will go have a chicken yes. tender. Yes, ButcherBox sent me some chicken tenders. Chicken I fired them up. Fabulous. Yes. So I have some chicken tenders out there. You just won yourself a chicken <laughs> tender, buddy. Hey, if that's, a, if that's a new thing on the show, a good line gets you fed, we're going to have a good show. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. Gillette in North Carolina. Hi, Gillette. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dan. How are you today? Great, Gillette. Listen, I have a comment, a quick comment on Kelly Slater. He is the GOAT, no doubt about it. I grew up in the Cocoa Beach area like he did. I became a lawyer. He became a world-famous surfer. There is a surfer out there that is um, the equivalent of Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady, though. Brady the GOAT. Rogers can do things that Brady can't. There's a kid named John John Florence oh, yeah. out there yeah. who who is the most self-effacing, humble guy that can perform maneuvers that no other surfer can. And John is a multi-multi-millionaire like a lot of these guys are. The last point is you can watch all live surfing now on the World Surf League app. All the contests. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Gillette. That's just it. You have to find it. You have to go to an app. You know, it's not going to be on a network. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, John John, he's been around since he was, you know, a teenager. He kind of burst onto the scene. Uh, Scott in Indiana. Hi, Scott. What's on your mind? Hi, DP. How are you? Great, Scott. Hey, uh, everybody knows that, that last caller, the best, the best surfer prior to Slater was Jeff Spicoli. Well, Everybody knows. Okay, that's fair enough. Thank you, Scott. Fast times at Ridgemont High. Although we never got to see Spicoli surf, though. We just assumed that he was a good surfer. You still look back on that with Sean Penn, and Sean Penn's such a serious guy now and a serious actor. And you, you watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and you're going, that Sean Penn is Spicoli. Mr. Hand. I like when he, was, he had to share his pizza. Mr. Hand. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jason in California. Hi, Jason. What's on your mind? Good morning, DP. Uh, I just ran into Michael Thompson on Saturday. My uncle thought he was Kareem, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, baseball starts next week. I had a question uh, on the humidor situation. Do you think baseball is going more towards the batters and the home runs like we had a few years ago and they're taking away from the pitchers? Because they're also supposed to crack down on the uh, substance banning and the sticky substance. Well, every league is leaning towards offense, Jason. You know, they they just they want to make sure that things are being done legally. You know, the guys who were using pine tar, whatever they were using to grip the ball, I mean, it was a difference maker. 
because you had the best pitchers in baseball. It, it wasn't, I mean, you had the marginal pitchers or average pitchers, but when the greats start using it, then it's, you know, it's not fair with Garrett Cole. Uh, I mean, you can run down the list of, you know, great pitchers who have come forward and said that, yes, but they always say, hey, we need it because we don't want to have the ball get loose and maybe it's going to hit you. So if you said to the batter, hey, do you care if the ball might go inside a little bit, but they don't get that bite on their breaking ball? The batter's probably going to say, you know what? I'll take my chances in there. I'd like to have a little less bite in a, in a breaking ball. And, you know, growing up, having sat behind home plate, watching Nolan Ryan behind home plate, watching Doc Gooden behind home plate, uh, there are times when you go, there aren't many pitchers who can make a ball do that, breaking ball. Clayton Kershaw. But it felt like there were a lot more pitchers able to do that. Look, everybody's trying to get an advantage. But baseball wants to help the hitter. They're not going out of their way to help the pitcher. They want offense, and the offense that you have is you hit home runs. I still think if there was a way that baseball, you know, baseball wants to take away uh, the shift. They want to make it easier on the hitter. There's a DH now, Universal, make it easier on the offense there. You got to, you know, speeding up the game, getting more movement in the game is what makes it more enjoyable because there are things to watch. There's movement there. And that's what baseball is missing. It's like the NBA. Hey, man, it's great. Everybody's shooting threes. And then it's not great because everybody's shooting threes. College basketball, there's some horrible shooting. Like, mind-boggling, the shots that are taken by guys that should never. You know, the women, when they take their, their shots, I mean, the women's game is pick and roll, it's low post, it's kicking out, it's backdoor cuts. You know, there is some, you know, beauty and simplicity to it. John Wooden used to say he loved watching women's basketball because it was basketball. And I know it sounds like get off my lawn. I, I love the three, all right? Love it. It's just not everybody should shoot the three. But try telling that to somebody. Hey, and if you ever played a pickup game, you're like, dude, why don't you get it inside? Nope. He wants to keep jacking it. And everybody gets that feeling of, all right, hey, I can shoot. I can make a three. You make one, that's the worst thing that can happen to a guy who can't shoot because then he's going to keep firing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just missing, man. No, you're not. You're throwing up bricks. But watching last night, you know, the women's games it was great. Enjoyed it. You know, pure basketball there, and everybody gets involved. And you saw that last night on display. All right, we'll take a break. By the way, it's a showcase of the Immortals, the grandest stage of them all. Don't miss the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history, streaming April 2nd and 3rd, only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com. Sign up now. We'll talk to Kelly Slater, and we'll more of your uh, phone calls coming up here on the Dan Patrick Show. Link Soul got my uh, sweatshirt on today. Fritzy's got his hoodie on today. You know, we're all taking advantage of Link Soul, the partnership that we have. And uh, this was created, founded by John Ashworth. And he's the guy who changed golf fashion forever. Built his latest brand with his nephew, Jeff. Got to meet these guys at the Super Bowl. Paulie had some great ideas for these guys. Oh, I was bothering the heck out of them. Though. Oh, this was in Paulie's wheelhouse. So I sit him next to. Uh, Jeff, who is, uh, you know, John's nephew. 
Paulie's got all these ideas. And then <laughs> I can see him writing down. I go, somebody's listening to Paulie. They're writing down his ideas. Had a few too many drinks. Uh, so in and out of the ocean, on and off the golf course, hats, hoodies, shorts, pants. You love the feel, love the vibe. Dress it up, dress it down. We're all in. Bubba Watson, he's a friend of the show. He's an investor in Link Soul. Uh, the former quarterback, Alex Smith, an ambassador as well. Link Soul. You can uh, get dialed in. Go to linksoul.com and let me know what you think. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Style runs in the family. Athleticism runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The 2022 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Learn more at MBUSA.com or test drive one at your local dealership. Uh, Kelly Slater, friend of the show. He's in the Bracket Challenge. Right now, he is in second place, but he has uh, Duke, UCLA, Arizona, and Kansas. He has UCLA beating Arizona in the national title game. Well, he doesn't pick games for a living. He still surfs for a living. Just turned 50, still the best surfer in the world. He and Tony Hawk, Sean White, were at the Oscars to present a tribute to the 60-year anniversary of the James Bond franchise. And Kelly joins us on the program. Good morning, Kelly. On a scale of 1 to 10, how nervous were you at the Academy Awards? Not that nervous. I don't know, maybe uh, 5, maybe average. Really? Well, did it help having Tony and Sean there with you? Yeah, probably so. I think it did. I, I, I didn't think too much about it. You know, we're a little bit of a fish out of water at that thing. So it wasn't, um, I don't know. I've been more nervous at at speaking at school and high, you know, when I was in high school talking to people in front of class or something, you know, who was the coolest person (laughs) you met Sunday night? Coolest person I met. Jeez. Um, I went up and tried to say tried to say hi to Snoop Dogg because I met him a long time ago. He, he kind of big timed me, so Ooh. I didn't get to say hi to him. Um, <laughs> I, I love Snoop Dogg though. Um, Queen Latifah, I love her. She she was sitting next to us at the show, and and she's always been really nice. I met her about twenty years ago, but she's she's great. All right, so where were you when the slap happened? Well, I was getting ready to run on stage because he, I didn't like him making fun of bald people. <laughs> well, were you ready to go on stage and slap Chris Rock? Is that what you're saying, Kelly? <laughs> no, I was kind of, um, you know, it's it, I, unfortunately, I was I was sitting off to the side and I wasn't really sort of paying attention. I, I looked over and kind of saw Will walking up there and I, I thought it was part of the skit. And um so I, you know, I don't know, there's three, four hours of you sitting there. So you're not paying attention to everything that's happening. And I was sort of looking down and I heard the slap and I looked up and I was like, whoa, what just happened? And the whole place went like, <gasps> and everyone kind of went quiet. And then Will kept cussing and yelling at him and you could hear every single word, you know, it was like really awkward. And I think a lot of people started kind of laughing at first because they thought it was the skit. And then realized right away it was not the skit. But it's, you know, it was really confusing, I think, for everyone, really uncomfortable and um, just a very strange moment. But, look, people are, you know, all of us are have our faults. All of us have our moments um, of good and bad. And I think uh, for whatever reason, it was just one of those 
moments that didn't go to to plan. And um, I'm I'm sure uh, I'm sure they're both really embarrassed about it and maybe sad about it. And it, it, it's a I, I can see both sides of it. I felt kind of worse for Chris Rock at the time, but I I can see both sides of the equation. Could you hear the slap? Yeah, and that's why I looked back up and went, "Whoa!" <laughs> Heard that Stockton slap, you know. And then what? But then they go to commercial break, and everybody's consoling Will Smith and Jada. Is anybody checking on Chris Rock who got smacked? Well, we don't exactly know when all the breaks are happening. You know, you. Uh, I guess. Well, they do give us a little time thing on the TV, so you 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 have an idea. But um, I don't know. Everyone was kind of ta- looking up and watching it but then also like talking to themselves and obviously the moment the night was going to be about will smith because everyone's like oh it's his time he's going to win his oscar and so it's just a there's just an unfortunate event but there's some great memes <laughs> i know who were you sitting with um i was sitting next to between tony hawk and sean white and then queen latif was next to us travis barker and and uh, Courtney Kardashian were behind us. We were kind of in this little bubble. Samuel L. Jackson was off to the side. So I was kind of watching Samuel L. Jackson to see what he was going to do. But um, I don't know. It was just a, gosh, man, what a, what a strange uh, moment in time, you know? Was Travis Barker making out uh, the entire time? With his, not with me. No, with his not girlfriend. With no. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. What, was he? Was... No, they weren't. No, they were cool. They were cool. I've, kn- I've known Travis a long time, so we were chatting a little bit. And um, uh, he actually is. Re- I thought it was really interesting because he played. He he was kind of the house band, and he played uh, drums be- for Reba McIntyre's song. And um, I really, when I saw him up there, I thought this is going to be interesting because I don't know what what ha- you know how many different styles of music he plays. I'm sure he can play anything, but. It, his drumming fit super well and was really interesting behind Reba McIntyre. Um, so that's something to take into, take into account when you watch that. He's Kelly Slater uh, joining us on the program. I was wondering, you know, when I saw you and Tony and Sean, the physical toll of skateboarding, snowboarding, and surfing, how would you rank those with the physicality of the toll it takes on your body? Uh, I think skating's probably the worst. And then, yeah, I was talking to Tony and Sean about that, how surfing, we, we get a lot of ankle, knee injuries, occasionally some back injuries, but every fall you're on water, right? So it's not so bad. Then now and then you hit the reef and get cut. So we get a lot of scrapes and cuts, but, um, they don't drown. Those guys don't drown. So that's like we we have a whole different – we kind of have like a lot of small injuries, and then we have this whole other lo- – then you just skip the middle ground and you go to drowning. Is there, and, um, is there a strategy to not drowning? Well, there's a lot of cross-training that guys do uh, and girls do uh, in the pool and in the ocean, uh, breath work, free diving, understanding – how close you are to that. When you do classes, you can figure out how close you are to that level. Cause a lot of times you'll hear a million surfers say, God, I almost drowned this one time. And like, I don't know if you actually almost drowned. I, I feel like I've come close a couple times to getting to that pass out stage, but um, 
Can you relax? Is that the best thing to do? You have to relax. You have to, you have to, in the middle of a maelstrom, like of chaos, you have to learn how to relax. And that's the whole idea is once you do some training around that and you deal with fear, you start to understand that when fear comes up, your heart races, your oxygen burns quicker. Um, you have to override that. You have to override the software in your brain. That's that's that, that fear button that's telling you to be scared. You have to override that and trust that the calmer you are, the longer you're going to last and, and the better chance you have coming up and then just being fine. Uh, but you can quickly get yourself in a panic. And uh, it, that's why the cross training, like in the, in a pool, going in a pool, what we do is we do these, um, these, these, training methods where when it starts you get in the pool and you swim as fast as you can to the other side underwater on one breath like you know a 25 meter pool or whatever and when you get to the other side you start taking your vitals your heartbeat you um how many strokes it took you to get there etc how long and how long the swim was and then once you start to learn a method to a more efficient swimming uh underwater and being calmer you do it again you test your time, which will take you like twice as long. You check your heartbeat, to a heartbeat, which will be somewhere between a third and a half of what it was. And uh, uh, it, everything just drops down if you're more calm and you do it in a more efficient way. And you, you learn to do a certain stroke where you, you do one big stroke and kind of flutter kick your feet and you let your momentum glide you through the water. And when you do that, you, I went from, I don't know, say, 12 or 15 strokes underwater to get from one side to the other down to four. I can do a whole pool in four strokes, like Olympic sized pool. Um, and I could probably do triple or more the amount of time underwater if I'm calm. Well, plus, uh, you know, Tony Hawk and Sean White don't have to worry about sharks. Rarely they have to worry about sharks in their line of line of work, right? Yeah, or more big locals that don't like you being there, you know, stuff like that. What do you mean, yeah. big locals? Oh, like when you, you show up at some surf spot somewhere in the world, and there's some big grumpy guy who, who surfed there every day of his life, and he Wait, didn't want you to even if waves. you show up? <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. Wave, waves are more important than people in, in our world. Can you just show up at any beach, though, and, and people won't bother you? Um, no, not necessarily. Uh, there's a there's just a funny protection mechanism that happens at, at good waves around the world most you know 99 percent of places i show up i'd be fine and people would be happy to surf with me or whatever or, or any of the pros people they know in the surf world but there are some places where they just don't want you because they like what they have and and that's what's important to those people and that's totally understandable imagine some guy that is going to bring undue notice to your neighborhood showing up you know what I mean? It's really kind of that thing. It's no different. It's just kind of human nature. Well, they're territorial because this is our spot. We don't want it to become famous. We don't want exactly. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. this influx hey. of, of surfers there. Do yeah, you, do totally. you miss, I get it. Do you miss playing team sports? Did you miss that growing up? I played. Oh, no, I played team sports. I played football, basketball, baseball. I actually loved it. I, I really liked baseball. I was I really liked playing in the field and um I love football. I was uh, I was crazy about football, like a fanatic about football as a kid. And I played uh, defensive safety and uh, nose guard, nose tackle. And um, as, yeah, but I was like 10 at the time, but I loved it. And I was actually 
I was small, but I was fast and I was strong. I could actually sort of sneak through the line and get a few sacks. So it, that was really fun to me. If you could uh, change places with any other athlete, like if I said you could have Tom Brady's career or you could have yours. Mm-hmm. I'd have mine. How come? I just think what I do is the most fun thing in the world. I love surfing more than anything. Although I, I really admire Tom. I, what he's done has been amazing, and I'm a fan. I grew up a Bucks fan from the time I was, I was born. It was the only team I was a fan of. I, uh, when I was a little kid, it was like Ricky Bell and Leroy Selman and <laughs> Doug Williams and, uh, you know, that whole thing. And, and the cream sickle uniforms back then. Yeah, and I, I that was really my only team, and and it's you know we never did good, and we lost hope for a long time, and then I heard a rumor that Tom was going to play for Tampa Bay, and about a week or two before he announced it, I messaged him and I said, "Tell me it's true, and we can just jump back on this wa- this uh, fan <laughs> bandwagon," and he just sent me a smiling emoji back, and about a week or two later, he announced it, and it, it, I, I've been. We've been real happy back in Florida, let's say that. Did you keep it secret, your correspondence? Yeah, Yeah, I didn't tell anybody that. That's, you know, yeah. You could have been Adam Schefter. You could have broken the news. You could have been NFL insider and world's greatest surfer in that order. (laughs) No, I think... Look, when, if you if you have a line of communication with somebody about something that's that's trustworthy, you you keep that. And um, I I thought it was just nice to get that message back. You know, I I know Tom probably is dealing with a lot of pressure and and a lot of rumors and stuff. So it's fun to just have that banter with people in the sports world or whatever. Well, uh, congrats, and uh, your bracket's doing okay. But you got UCLA beating Arizona in the national title game, so that's that's probably not going to work out. But if it does, <laughs> you, then you're going to win. You're, yeah. you're going to win. But uh, these things always come down to this one wild card pick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that we do this in the surf world. We have a uh, we have a fantasy surf league, a couple different fantasy surf leagues and surfing. And um, just just to be uh, just to be fair, I always pick myself. I never pick my I never unpick myself. That way it looks like I'm throwing heats for that, you know, $150 prize at the end of the week that my friends give out. And I would, I would hate to be Pete Rose in this circumstance. Wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> what's your schedule the rest of the day? I'm just curious, you know, the life of a surfer here. <clears throat> I'm actually l- literally looking at the surf on my phone right now to see if it's going to be any fun today. But uh, um, what am I going to do? I, at 11 o'clock, I have a meeting. I'm working on a sandal with a shoe company called the walking company. So we're going to meet and see the first version of our sandal. And then I don't know, tomorrow I'm going to TPI Titleist performance Institute with a friend to go get some clubs fitted for him this week. I'm just getting my surfboards together, my equipment together, surfing a little bit. Um, but let's say you had that meeting at 11 o'clock, but those yep. waves start to kick up. Can you bail on yeah. that meeting? It's happened. It's happened before. <laughs> you might make up an excuse that you have to bail on a meeting like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, you know, I'm like, oh, my mom's really sick or something. <laughs> yeah. 11-time uh, World Surf League uh, champion. And uh, great to talk to you. Uh, thanks for joining us as always, Kelly.
Dan, great to talk to you again, and uh, all the best to you, man. We still, have the, we still have the surfboard in here. I don't want to take yep. it out and use it because it's got your autograph on it. So, Well, uh, if you do, just film it, please. Film it if I go out? Yes, correct. Oh, it could end poorly. <laughs> Maybe that's what it, you're it hoping could, for. It, it could end like this uh, – like these fantasy picks when yes. my UCLA team beats Arizona and you guys are just. I know. Could be the miracle. The miracle win. Thank you, Kelly. All right. That, that's Kelly Slater. He's pretty good at surfing. But wouldn't trade places with Tom Brady. Kind of surprised at that. Although he's got a pretty good king. I like that uh, he texts Brady, you know, got the smiley emoji back. Could have broke some news there. Yeah, Paul. You want that surfer schedule. Maybe a meeting at 11 <laughs> and then go golf club shopping with your buddy uh, on, on Wednesday. That's about it. I know. I think he was trying to come up with some things he was doing. And then he was like, I don't, I don't have anything. I got dinner. Uh, I got to give myself a haircut. I shave my head. Nap. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to your phone calls coming up after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live wherever Get your podcast from. Looks like the Buffalo Bills looking at a new stadium, certainly talking about financing a new stadium. How old is that stadium that they're in? And when did we stop looking at these stadiums the way we do, let's say Wrigley or Fenway, where we go, oh my gosh, you can never change that. You just kind of add to, you know, the ambiance there. But we got to a point where you know, Cincinnati or Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, you're like, uh, we're done with those kind of baseball stadiums. Let's go to something else. Because they used to look like big ashtrays from above. Riverfront Stadium, the Vet, Three Rivers. If you looked at an aerial view and looked down, it just looked like a big ashtray. But I wonder, you know, at what point do you go, it's kind of outlived its usefulness. And a lot of that has to do with luxury suites. Like, how do we make money? How do we expand this? You know, go to South Bend. You watch a Notre Dame game. They added to that stadium, thankfully. Didn't tear it down. Packers did that as well. Bears did it. Not as well, but they did it. But, you know, there's certain instances where you go, no, we want a completely new stadium here. We don't want to add to this. Yeah, Paul. The uh, Bill Stadium, a.k.a. Rich Stadium, Ralph Wilson Stadium, New Era Field, Bill Stadium, uh, now Highmark Stadium, was built in 1973. Okay. If you were a Bills fan, let's say you had a part of the vote, because you're a taxpayer and you're giving like $850 million to it, would you vote for a dome stadium, a retractable roof stadium, or a pure open-air stadium, if you're a Bills fan? I would want an open-air stadium. But if I was a taxpayer and I knew that they could hold concerts in there with a retractable roof and 
that you could monetize it, that you would be using it more often than just a football game, uh, then I would probably opt for that. But I think a Buffalo Bills fan wants to be out in the elements. It's like Lambo. You want to be out in the elements. I think that's that's part of what makes you a Bills fan. Yes, Eden. Retractable roofs sound pricey. Yeah, I don't know how much you add to it. You know, when I'm doing construction and they say that's going to cost you another 20000 Like, I don't object. I go, okay. They probably do that. Remember when they were uh, building SoFi? And I think it was supposed to be like $2 billion, And then I had a source who said, uh, no, it's going to be at least double that. And I go, how do you imagine you get the bill or you get the estimate? They go, uh, probably going to be about $2 billion. Okay, all right, okay. Hmm. You know, we're coming in a little over cost here. Like, well, how, how much? Two more billion. What? What did you say? What did you say? Two more billion? Four billion? Roughly in that area. Is that the final price? No, there could be a little bit more added to that. Yeah, Paul. Do you think the Rams owner is sitting there, you know, on the phone with the contractor and the contractor's like, I'm building a kitchen over in Torrance. I'm going to be a couple weeks out. You know, like he's, he's doing other jobs. Like all of us get that thing. I, I got to tile a bathroom here. I mean, come on. Yeah, see. We just had a dude come to the house uh, to get a price for some landscaping we want to have done. And I have absolutely no clue how much stuff like this costs. It could be five grand. It could be 50 grand. I have no idea. And the dude's like, well, what's your budget? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Why don't you tell me how much it's going to cost? <laughs> yeah. And I'll see if I can afford it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Todd. What's a fair amount to tip the construction workers at a $4 billion stadium? Or is the labor cost already worked in beforehand? I don't know if you tip them. Is that a tipping industry? I, I wouldn't think building a stadium you would tip them. But imagine what that would be 20 for you. on yeah. a $4 billion. Imagine if you had a tip on that. Uh, I wouldn't be tipping on $4 billion. You think you paid enough at that point. If, if it was $2 billion, then maybe I'd give you something. But now you've gone to $4 billion, your tip's already included. <laughs> yes, Paul. I'm looking at the, the mock-ups of the Bills' new stadium. It looks like they kind of have this uh, covering over the fans but this, the field's open, yeah. where and it doesn't look, appears to be not retractable, just more like a, a kind of a covering over the fans so the fans wouldn't get wet and cover with But snow. it doesn't go all the way around. No, so the people in the end zone are getting hammered. But also, if, Literally and, if, if Buffalo, and let's say you have, I don't know, snow, freezing rain, ice, and it comes off of the side of those things, like there's going to be falling ice, I would, at least <laughs> by the looks of this. Yeah, because like, yeah, it's, it's this... It's this reflective uh, material. Once the sun hits it, it just start cascading yes. over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong there? But let's get a new stadium. That'll change everything. Yes, Marv. At the new stadium, are they going to have t- a table room to where people can just go through <laughs> tables and all that stuff? I think they need to do something for that for the fans also. Mm. What if the entire thing looked like a folding card table, like a long <laughs> white table on the wow. top, mm. and it just opens down, mm. a big mm. body falls? and mm. That's actually the retractable roof is a table, and then when they want to open it up, it splits in half. Yes. And then it goes back up. <laughs> Got an update on Tiger Woods. I'll have that for you coming up at the top of the hour about the Masters on CBS. Uh, Jeff in South Carolina. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today? Hey, I got a start of the day for you. All right. All right. So between the Sweet 16 and Elite 8, they were 12. Wait, wait, wait. Marv, are you going to give Jeff the whole treatment here? Jeff. 
All right. Okay. So three sixteen every day, twelve games. Okay. And uh, <laughs> of those twelve, eight of them reached sixty nine or above, and the first team to reach sixty nine won all eight of those games. That was a wave. That was a Kelly Slater wave there. Yeah, Mark. Well, he said I had a Saturday date, and he just went into it. I know. So I didn't have, have time. And once the music's played, he was like, um, and when the Final um, Four right. happened, yeah. it, was a, it was a thing in basketball. In 69. <laughs> Hayden in Ohio. Hey, Hayden, what's on your mind? Good morning, gents. Good morning. 5'8", uh, 185, 4'4", uh, pro day. <laughs> I got, I got one I think that's going to get the Twitter birds buzzing. You were talking about Jason Bourne and how good of a spy he is versus and how maybe bad Brad Pitt would have been. Who's the better spy, movie-wise, maybe even who would win in a fight out of James Bond and Ethan Hunt? Uh, so Mission Impossible? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to dive. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Those movies are fun, though, the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not big on them. I, I like that Tom Cruise does his own, you know, stunts, but I don't know. They're pretty cool. They're an easy watch. Yeah, yeah Paul. Mission Impossible, there's less fights. It's more like uh, hanging from sides of planes during yeah. a fight. Like, yeah. the, the the fight looked cool. Yeah. But remember that one, was it Casino Royale, where... Uh, James Bond and that little guy, they were fighting on top of a construction yes. zone. It's like 18 floors in the air. Yeah. That was a great scene. But he's gotten hurt. Uh, Daniel Craig has. He's gotten hurt. Uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know, he broke something or the physicality of that. Uh, ben in Virginia. Hi, Ben. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dan. How's it going, man? Great. Hello, Dan. Great, man. Um, possible... I am the face bet here. So I've been an avid Packers fan all my life, but this, besides getting Rodgers back, what is he coming back to? So as a Packers fan, I just don't think we're going to be have that great of a season. So the pie in the face, I'm thinking over, under 10 wins. If it's under 10 wins, I take a pie in the face. No, they're supposed to have 11 or 12 wins this year. They play in a crappy division. I, and I get that, and I, I've been a Packers fan all my life, but I just don't see it with the weapons we have this year. Yeah, but I can't give you credit for something. You didn't earn it. You're, you have to go with the over-under, and I'm saying, let, how about we go 11, 11 and a half? You, you want to go over? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you're going to say that the Packers are going to have at least 12 wins this year, or you're saying they're yep. under? Okay. I was saying they're under. Okay, so you're going to, at 11, then you lose. All right. Is anybody, yes, Tom? Yep. No, he's saying he doesn't think Green Bay is going to win more than nine games, if I, heard, if I understood that right. <laughs> I, think, I think the Packers will have double-digit wins. If that's the bet, then I'm in okay. for the pie. The Packers will win at least 10 games. Okay. All right. So the bet is nine and a half for Todd and Ben in Virginia for a pie to the face. I like it. I like it, Todd. Should have shown some of that bravado trying to drive in yesterday. Okay, now. One more item. We close out hour two. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation broke ground on its Do Good Village located in Landon Lakes, Florida. First of its kind, a community of 110 homes for the foundation's program recipients. So together, families heal. 
special place where the families know their neighbors. They understand each other, care for each other, community where the children of our nation's fallen or catastrophically injured heroes can grow and experience life together. The Foundation's Do Good Village is going to help these families beyond measure. But it's also thanks to the extraordinary donation of many acres of land and your generosity. Help America's greatest heroes and their families heal together. Make the Do Good Village the first of many communities like it. With every mortgage-free home, the Foundation makes good on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices our heroes have made for our country and our communities. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. That's the letter T, the number two, the letter T, dot org. Thank you.